<laughs> Are we keeping the AC on? Oh, or should we, uh, how bad is it? it? That's fine. Yeah, sure. Oh, you clod. You fucking oaf. <laughs> you know what? Now I feel better about not having mopped like I Jesus said I was going Christ. to. Christ. Yeah, you've been vindicated because mm-hmm. that would have been very frustrating. This is why I can't <laughs> have nice things. Like you wouldn't have done that otherwise. You've never spilled coffee. The the most shocking thing is that it's not on your balls right now. The steam (laughs) rising off the ground (laughs) is awesome. It looks like the lion. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, it's it's hot too. That's some hot coffee. He would have actually hurt himself. Now we have to leave the AC on. Try one more time to uh, turn off the AC or just leave it on. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Something's just going to catch fire. This thing's explosion. <laughs> the he thing turn, falls out and hits a dog and immediately just shits his pants. There we go. Oh, you right. know, Ooh, I think it's right. cool to act like Mr. Bean. <laughs> you try to do things, kind of end up like him. I saw somebody uh, I saw somebody posting from our incel the other day. Yes. And it was like, do you think Mr. Bean is one of us? And I retweeted it, and this fucking person who followed me was like, Actually, Mr. Bean has a family, and he loves his daughter. He could never be red-pilled. And it's what? like, I fucking hate being online now. It's like, I used to be able to say anything, and people were like, whatever. And now, if I even retweet something remotely implying anything about Mr. Sir, Bean, he, he has a family. Mr. Bean loves his family, you piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. Yeah. It's up? It's Chapo. It's your midweek Chapo. We're back. Uh, more importantly, Amber's back. Woohoo! I'm back. Yeah. Finally, she's back, bitches. Um, uh, she's, she was away this weekend uh, covering the rally to restore sanity in DC. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that one. It was another rally in DC. We're the t- rally to restore insanity. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, God. Twisted. Um, but no, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that's where, that's where I want to begin. Uh, Amber, you were in D.C. this weekend. There was the the, the Juggalo March, yes, and there was the sort of competing the counter the 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 more. The the, the, <laughs> but okay, so I want actually I, I, want, I definitely want to talk about the more rally. But let's begin with the Juggalo March. Correct me if I'm wrong. This march was planned because, in response to the idea that the FBI has has designated Juggalos as some kind of gang. They have, legally. And um, uh, the way that the rally was organized was very interesting. Um, and, well, it was extremely well organized, actually. Uh, but they had, like, a testimonials period uh, where they had different jugglers come up and talk about the ways that they had actually been legally targeted due to this um, designation of, of gang involvement uh, or whatever. Um, and it was primarily juggalo led. It was not. Um, you did see some ACLU people there, but mostly they just kind of let people tell their stories. Um, I went around and I talked to a lot of different people. Um, I, I've got a, an article about it coming out uh, in Current Affairs in a few days, probably. Um, and it was it was a really interesting demonstration. Um, First of all, because it was uh, a subculture, um, not 
so much a political designation. And I, I, I'll go into this more in the article, but I do think you kind of risk something when you try to ascribe a, a, a political ideology to a subculture. And we saw that happen, I think. A lot of that was going on. I mean, obviously, we, we all saw it, you know, th- this weekend because this the idea was, you know, like DSA people were there and there was yeah. this idea that there could be sort of a fruitful collaboration, perhaps, yeah. you know, reaching out from the left to this subculture. Yeah, I mean, you should definitely always talk to working class people. Um, but I think there is oftentimes the assumption that like a subversive subculture is necessarily on the side of, um, of you know, progressive values or something, which, you know, hasn't been necessarily historically true. Um, and... I think that the the best example you saw of it, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this at some point, but um, or in the article, but was Angela Nagel's writing about like the early treatment of like like sort of online subculture, mm-hmm. and academia was like really <laughs> excited about it. They're like, "Oh, look, this is great!" And then you know, it turned into like a, a horrible, monstrous. Uh, yeah, it became uh, Imgur. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so the idea that something is transgressive doesn't necessarily make it's good. But I got to say, like everyone who I talked to there w- had a pretty sophisticated understanding of the issue, um, you know, and when you asked them what they were there for, they generally answered, um, you know, not with like a, you know, a dumb, petulant rallying cry of free speech, but like a legitimate left wing defense of, of free speech. How were they? Were they like? Were they cool? What were they doing? Were yeah, they like- I mean, it was a super nice vibe. I, the interesting thing to me is that um, it was full of like families. Family, family. <laughs> I, I mean, literal families. Um, there were a lot of kids there. Of you sent us a, ages. Uh, a adorable photo of a, a juggalo child who just came up to you and embraced you. Yeah, I was talking to. You got uh, ringworm now, by the way. Congratulations. <laughs> I was talking to her father, and um, you know, talking to them about where they came from and everything. And you know, I was saying hi to the kids, and I, you know, waved at the the little girl, and she just ran up and like threw her arms around my leg. Um, and I got to say, it, it, it was a, it was a much more diverse uh, array of people that that I anticipated. Um, you'll probably see the Black Juggalos Matter sign um, in in the various articles that are coming up. Also, a lot of great signs, by the way. That like a real sense of humor uh, uh, about the whole thing. Very self-deprecating kind of group of people. The best sign I think was we know how magnets work. <laughs> the music. You were there was a concert, right? Yeah, but uh, and here's the thing: I want to make perfectly clear. Uh, ICP is a terrible band. <laughs> That's awful. You don't it's not good. like I. I'm accused of vulgar workerism all the time, and you know whatever. Uh, this sort of uh, portrayal of the workers as as heroic or whatever. I'm absolutely not. I I. I love the people I come from, but we have produced some disgusting cultural products. I mean, ICP is literally the bottom barrel, maybe let's say the worst product of white working class culture in the past 20 years. But here's the thing. Bad taste is not a crime. Not until I not until I have something to say about it. <laughs> You're literally wearing Crocs right now, so I don't want to hear it. They're therapeutic. 
They're they're medical Crocs. Yeah, the why are you wearing them with socks? You, the sleeve of your shirt says "Let's go cow tipping." Yeah, this you're literally. <laughs> is that a prescription you're shirt? Are you Arthur Chu? Kind of Midwestern no, piece of shit. They are. They are literally. I'm not kidding. They are medically necessary right now. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. get into it, but they're med. I ordered really? them. So what about the "Let's go cow tipping" shirt? This the, because it's a. Proud heritage. What? <laughs> it's about family. Matt, Matt is gonna is gonna march around Big Lot saying they will not replace us. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but sweet group of people. Um, so I, I I think you should never take for granted that, um, the, you know whatever the 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 working class is um, inherently socialist or or whatever. Um, but you know these are. These are rational, clear-minded people who have a sense of, um, you know, have have a sense that they shouldn't be oppressed or marginalized. The thing that I would point out is that, in many ways, juggalos are in fact normies, and some of the signs you would see are like, you know, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, whatever, and I'm a juggalo, and most people. Normal people, and I think that the sort of like designation of normies is, is sort of important here, don't make politics a central part of their life. They're dealing with their daily lives. Um, so the presumption that, you know, every working class person you meet is, you know, your comrade just waiting to happen is not necessarily true. Um, you actually have to do some work and talk to people and not condescend to them. Um, and, you know, talk about, talk about your program, talk about, you know, how they can change their lives for the better. Yeah. I mean, most people in America, uh, probably the breakdown of it is like, they think that like Bradley Cooper is president and like Jennifer Lawrence is Hillary Clinton. Like they don't know. Most people have no idea what <laughs> the fuck is going on. But as but people I are think rational, know they're being fucked over. Right, exactly. These people know what's going on directly with them, with the FBI categorizing it as a gang and all the implications that come with that. And the same thing can happen with healthcare, but it's not just a question of going out there and going like, "Hey, you're poor. What the fuck?" You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was wondering about you know the 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 prospects for you know rose emoji people reaching out to. Uh, basically everyone Michael Hudson has profiled on his account <laughs> and what that would look like or how fruitful that uh, could potentially be. And like, so, so like, well, I think this group was particularly like self-selecting group of, um, you know, active and, you know, activist minded people among a larger, shall we say, juggalo community. Do you think that the, uh, is there, is there like sort if of, you go on the message boards, you will still find, um, you know, horrible shit. <laughs> right. Um, so, but overall, the the overall atmosphere at the Juggalo March you found to be positive and encouraging, or positive just sort of positive, but sort of in a promising vague, and promising. I think in if a they had another sense. one, I, I I would hope to see you know like DSA there, um, you know, uh, maybe tabling for healthcare or something. I think um, a lot of them, you know, they're working class people. They would be very amenable to it. Um, and you know, but reaching free, out, free speech is a left wing value. Yeah, they're, they're already they've already got a foot in the door at least. And you know, I'm sure there are some. I mean, I think Gavin Mueller has written about this. There are at least a few some, you know, socialist juggalos. But if you are going to reach out, reach out 
on the basis of an issue not like an healthcare, identity. not an identity like being working class or being a comrade or anything like that? I mean, it, you don't assume people are already comrades is the thing. Um, you don't assume, uh, you know, Juggalo is inherently, um, you know, some kind of uh, noble subaltern subject that, uh, you know, immediately has all of their kind of uh, ideological ducks in a row. Most people don't have their ducks in a row because most people aren't fucking loser nerds like us who think about politics all day. I do think I that don't you, even. you could, you yeah, you could do well. Yeah. You, you could do well to reach out to them on a platform of universal health care and getting rid of fake people. <laughs> yeah, if they're very anti. I think friend. they're very, very against fake friends. Well, I was thinking about this today because little peek behind the curtain. We're working on setting up our office, and just the struggle, my struggle of getting <laughs> getting internet set up in the office. It. Uh, I was thinking about the '96 Telecom Act a lot, where they basically told companies that you know only one telecom could operate per area. They could establish these de facto monopolies, and it results in these horrible data caps and fucking unaccountable shit companies. And you think like everyone hates Comcast, everyone hates Time Warner, everyone hates whatever fucking service they have to use, but. There isn't, no one is really trying to grasp that energy of the day-to-day -day degradation and humiliation and rage people feel in their lives of having to deal with monopolies and companies like this. But, you know, you could channel, if you directly appeal to that, that could be a really fertile voting block. Absolutely, it's about meeting people Comcast, where you know? they are. Again, yeah. most people, it, it is a weird, abnormal, nerdy thing to, um, you know, take a moment and step out of, the just daily struggle uh, of trying to manage your quotidian bullshit um, and think about larger political structures. Um, so you talk to people about what they're actually suffering through. And I'm telling you, if you go on these juggalo message boards, you'll see so many people who are like, I have to get emergency surgery. Um, you know, so-and-so has gone missing. I mean, there's... There's a lot of very, um, you know, uh, disenfranchised people in this subculture. That's that's a, a large uh, reason why it has exploded, and that's the reason why it was born out of something like post-industrial Detroit. Yeah, and most of the time, people are just too beaten down to say anything anymore. Yeah. And the question is, like, how do you bring that energy to the? How do you make that? How do you go to them and say? Well, you know, no, don't don't be totally defeated by life and just resign to an existence of surviving and trying to not get noticed by the pointy parts of uh, the uh, oligopoly. Yeah, for, forget about it. Just live your, you know, just live your life. Try and get through and, you know, go to the gathering every few months or whatever. Yeah. It makes sense. And the fact that there's some, like, kind of hedonism and frolic to this is, like, that is something that I recognize as being very working class that's very like hey watch this not exactly as scared of death as you should be like <laughs> that's very um i mean in anyone who's grown up in like rural destitute america uh recognizes that kind of hold my beer you know wildness <laughs> watch this yeah 
Um, yeah, before we move on, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Brett and Brian mm-hmm. of Street Fight, who are also at the Juggalo March. They put together uh, a really cool video. They were actually like moshing. They were moshing yeah. in front of the Lincoln Memorial. I was covered hanging in out Fago. with like the moms. Yeah, yeah. They they got they got they got properly Fago soaked for their on the ground reporting. So I would urge you to check out uh, Street Fight. They have a video up now about it, and just uh, check out Brett and Brian in general. They're yeah. they're uh, th- yeah they they've done some good work on on Juggalos and reaching out to the Juggalos. Because, you know, they basically are Juggalos, I suppose. They just kind of are. Juggalo adjacent, Brett Brian, Brett and Brian also put out an amazing zine, if you subscribe to them, which you absolutely should. And yeah, the show is great. Consider this just an all-around plug for uh, Street Fight and the yeah. Street Fight Boys. So... That was that was that was the Juggalo March. That was like the the main event. That was why most people were there. However, there was also this sort of counter rally, the mother of all rallies. Yeah. And well, it wasn't even really a counter rally. They just scheduled the rallies on the same day. Oh, okay. So there was yeah, it, it wasn't like, conscious it was counter a programming. Sitcom mix them up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like one group of sort of um, I don't know marginalized, sometimes loathed white people. And then there were juggalos as well, is what you're saying. Zing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Although I got to say, um, yeah, uh, the, the mother of all rallies, which had like 200 fucking people oh, at it. Snap. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> um, oh, shit. I, I think to be fair, I that's a there. good reference because it is, you know, the mother of all wars is what Saddam said the first Gulf War was going to be. And that shit was over <laughs> in about a week. Yeah. So. Uh, mother of all rallies. It's kind of like the prom that Marge put on for Lisa. Oh, it, was, it, was the mother, it was the mother of all rallies, but the mother was Andrea Yates. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I mean, I, at one point there was a, a, a bigger swell, I think, of, of people, but it was, it was extremely small. It okay. was like, it was so small. I think like Spencer from the safety of wherever he is, his mother's basement was like dunking on them, being like, this is pathetic, you're embarrassing. So but it was a really strange demographic. Who, of who attended the mother of all rallies? Oh my god! So it was super weird. Um, so you've got like MAGA chuds, mm-hmm. um, which the snowball man is a more it's it, it's a more kind of diverse group of chud now. Um, there's like a weird kind of highly plastic surgeryed um, trophy wife walking around a lot. A lot of them are Eastern European too. I saw like five or six of those um, with their like dumpy, near death, heart diseased husbands. Um, uh, I, Eastern Europe, you say, the part of Europe that's closest to Russia. Dun dun hmm. dun! It's time for a tweet storm, folks. Well, well I mean, um, Republicans love getting married to people from those Borat countries. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They always because have. It's sort of like well, they heard that that you that could get a, a my wife there. They, they, they think it's like they, I think they like it because it's like modern enough that it's like not a complete culture shock, but they think that like feminism and multiculturalism hasn't. Yeah, fully they never got any that. They, they never got any of that stuff. They like it because it's it's literally like a. I, I mean, there's there's a really good article. Um, in Descent magazine about this called uh, Don't Bang Denmark 
um, and it talks about how. Uh, you oh, know, this Rouge is the Rouge thing, right? Yeah, Where he like uh, he couldn't get laid in Denmark because all the women were like, "Fuck right. off!" You basically want to go to a place where half the population is addicted to crocodile, and then women will marry you because their standards are so low. Yeah, after the fall of the Soviet Union was the best thing for guys with triple anginas to get laid. Yeah, because they were desperate. They these guys can basically buy them like it's a ski do. And now feminism has created a sexual hierarchy that has, you know, left so many good chuds behind. Did you talk to any of the chuds? I did talk to the okay, chuds. Okay, so so w- yeah. what did you what I did you ask to, them? I talked to actually like every kind of flavor of the rainbow of okay. the mother of all. Well, what, rallies. Did, what did you? It's a very white rainbow. But what did you? What did you ask them? And what, what were some of the things they said about? I guess why they were there. Well, I kind of asked, uh, you know, like, hey, uh, why are you here? Um, and mainly their answers were to support Trump, you know, for patriotism, things like that. Um, bikers for Trump, uh, also same thing. You had some like some real um, troops oriented people there too. The, a lot of, of people keeper, who definitely like center kind of thing. Well, a lot of people definitely were associated with like extremely marginal Republican candidates too, and there were people um, canvassing and tabling for um like basically like a, a a pennsylvania trump who was running for i think state senator or something oh yeah that was my favorite part of the alex jones rally uh, before the rnc last summer was the f- absolute fucking hucksters who'd showed up yeah to, to just scam these rubes out of campaign donations this one guy was running against like elijah cummings or something and he was he, he was clearly just some dude who knew what was up and was was getting in when the when the money was good. It was pretty funny. It was very weird though because they look like some of these people who were you know whatever trying to woo the chuds just looked like lanyard dicks. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, hey, you're you're the new weirdos. I have to pretend that I yeah like that and, I uh, don't that I don't hold absolute by. contempt for. Did, then did uh, there were bikers okay. for Trump. Those there fucking were, assholes. Um, I love those guys. I hate those fucking. I had like a weird panic moment where I literally thought I saw my dad. <laughs> and I like panicked, and then I was like, oh no, they just like all kind of like form like a a copper colored sheen after a while, and the hair kind of mats from not wearing a helmet because helmet laws are oppressive and that's why they tend to like crack open their skulls like watermelons let's um, hope so Th- those guys are all fake though they all have they all have boring jobs and they love cops those well, are the assholes are i saw shaking the cops hands well my dad was a biker a and they always had um like he was usually a dentist or something mm-hmm. who got like a Harley for his like 40th birthday and they would like use his garage to like hide weed or something. Mm-hmm. So like there is like a heavily middle class small business owner segment of of bikers. Uh, I'm sure some of those people were actually just um, weird, you know, indigent, you know, sons of anarchy watching like LARPers or something. Um, but they definitely had the full biker aesthetic down. The yeah. best uh, Facebook group I ever saw was Bikers Sworn to Protect Baron Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
to this day, flawless record. Yeah. No one has yep. harmed yeah, Baron. It's true. It's true. Yeah. You're making fun of them, but uh, they have hundred percent protected him. So so like okay, so there's there's there are militia of, guys too. There's the MAGA Chuds, there's the militia guys, there's the bikers for Trump. You talk to them, were, were any of their responses interesting or surprising, or were they just like, We're here to support Donald, we love the president, we love America, that kind of shit? Um, I would actually say that they were they were sort of the basic bitches of the far right. right. Like it was just yeah. very like um, you know, troops, Donald. Um it's when the speakers went up and we're talking about like one of the speakers I think like her entire credentials was that like she comes from a military family. Okay. And she was just like <laughs> My grandfather was in the army and my other grandfather was in the army and cultural Marxism is coming to indoctrinate our young people. And it's like, what, why are you, who are you? What are you doing here? But I don't think they could get any like big names. So they just got like a blonde girl. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. They, so what they keep making those. There, there, there's, there's the basic bitches, you know, the people, they're wearing Uggs. They had the red hat <laughs> on, you know. Uh, what about like, what about, do you see any of like, like the, the Keck people? I saw I saw a couple photos of a guy in like a green robe. And yeah, like, there was cool. that guy. I couldn't figure <laughs> out his deal, but he was like dressed like a druid, and but he was also wearing I think like Nikes. So like he had like the the cloak, but then like like a like Bono sunglasses, and but like it was very anachronistic, and I couldn't figure out his thing. But he talked to me, but he didn't make any sense. Surprise, surprise. Like what did he say? Um, well, I was like, hey, what are you doing here? And he was like, well, you know, we're, well, I believe in traditional values. And he sort of scampered off into the woods like a little sprite. Um, it didn't make any sense. But I mean, that's any demonstration. There's going to be crazy people. Uh -huh. um, but on the right, um, I, I, I guess I just don't have a I can't draw a bead on who the druid guy was. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what strain of conservatism that is. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, Buckley and Warlockism. Right? <laughs> but uh, so this was after Trump uh, announced the deal with Schumer and Pelosi about DACA, which like kind of pissed off most of the more interesting stars of the far right. Mm. The big, the AAA names like you know, uh, no, no Fap Jack, the <laughs> uh, racist Gundam. Uh, so. Were people like mad about that deal or were they just the kinds of people who were like, no, whatever Trump does, I'm with it? Yeah, they all seem to be kind of Trump loyalists. Yeah. Um, it's just that aesthetically they were very subcultural. Mm -hmm. um, like the militia guys at one point, there was literally a standoff because Antifa was there and um, you saw like uh, all of these militia guys. <laughs> Again, all of whom kind of looked like my dad. Um, just extremely tanned and very creative uh, facial hair. Uh, and, uh, you know, wearing like, at a, at a, like fatigues, but I don't know for what army. I don't know. Very fond of the color olive. And so there was like this olive barricade around Antifa who are all in like red and black. And then you had the Proud Boys surrounding them. Ooh. And it looked like a weird kind of picnic because the Proud Boys were wearing like they looked like bees with like the yellow and black, and they were trying to get to the to the beautiful red fruit, but there was like this <laughs> this green barrier. Um, 
Because, you know, part of the, the Proud Boys, like, thing is that they have to, like, beat up someone from Antifa or whatever. Yeah, Like, yeah. that's one of their... But... Did anyone get an opportunity to... Uh, no, earn, actually, because the militia guys were guarding them. And you... I watched, like, this very strange interaction because... I mean, like, I'm not trying to paint militia guys in, in, a, in a good light here because, like, obviously they just want to be cops, but, you know had a record they the physical and psychiatric yeah, uh, yeah. but they were like you know saying I'm things like heavy, look sir. they have a <laughs> they have a right to be here and to demonstrate we're you know we believe in freedom of speech which really like for them yeah and they might have prevented some antifa from actually being beat up because all the men were built like adam friedland and like <laughs> it was like half women or whatever and um and like the proud boys are actually, and I really do mean to damn them with fate praise here, probably the best physical specimens of the far right. Like, they could probably hit someone. Uh, um, I don't know. I, yeah, that, that, I mean, by comparison, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're not in, like, the you know, image of them from, uh, in, in Houston, like, up to their, like, knees in swamp water in that suburban cul-de-sac was not a very... Impressive. Well, they probably image. they probably send the elite to the DC yeah. event. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Pro- the, the guys who one. wait around in toxic sludge, hoping to shoot a looter and giving themselves grayscale, probably aren't the eight. <laughs> well, I asked the uh, the um, militia guys like what was going on, and like we're just having a conversation. We're making sure no violence happens or whatever. And of course, they then dispersed because they only want to beat up Adam Friedlands. They don't want to beat up. They don't want to get in an actual fight with, with like some weird militia guy. Were the militia guys armed? armed? They did not look armed. They Good. just like they just like crossed their arms in front of their chests. But I don't know. They had a lot of pocket pockets and tactical <laughs> gear. What oh, they yeah. were they were armed. They were armed with logic <laughs> and but, reason. Now, now I'm sure they all own like I don't know like boat dealerships or something. Now you you mentioned that uh, like you know you 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 talk to the the chuds the bikers the the oath keepers the the, the weird keck people. However, the uh, one group you said that you didn't Proud get Boys would not talk. Yeah, to me. would not talk to me. Cause, and because I tried multiple they, times. They knew they knew you're from they they have message discipline. They know you're from the leftist media. I have no I uh, I, I don't even think that's it. No, they're they're afraid Just, of they're girls. They're afraid of girls. They're afraid of girls. They're afraid of girls. They're afraid of girls. Yeah. Um, so like I went up to like after I talked to the you know the woodland sprite <laughs> right winger, um, I went up and tried to talk to some Proud Boys and said, "Hey, uh, so are you with the Proud Boys?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." And then like two other guys suddenly like come from the crowd to kind of flank the guy, you know, in case I in case I was feeling froggy. Uh, Everyone feels froggy at the <laughs> all right rally. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said. So what are you doing here today? And they're like, we can't really talk to you. The mainstream media has been has been uh, very unfair to us. And I'm like, oh well, I'm actually with a small magazine. They're like, that's even worse. We have to go. We believe in peace, love, and capitalism. And then they just ran off. And I was like, well, that was weird. And then I saw this other guy actually talking to a member of the a, a solo proud boy, um, talking to a, a member of the press, at least someone with a microphone. And I was like, okay, so this guy's amenable. And I go, hi, are you, are you with the Proud Boys? And he goes, nope. And he turns around and like walks <laughs> away. So then I'm like, okay, like I, clearly there's some sexism at play here. And you know what? I was a little hurt. 
if you told them that you were a housewife, they would have had to venerate you. Yeah, I should have worn a. I should have worn I, a I'm ring. I'm a home and garden magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I should have worn a ring. So then I tried with a group of them that were wearing shorts, which I figured must be the lowest tier. No offense, Matt. They haven't actually, earned their pants. Yet. Yeah, they haven't highest earned their, their pants. Shorts and they the just immediately turned around and walked away. And at, at some point, I realized like this was like very strange to me because, as you know, before I moved to New York and started dating nothing but Jews with advanced degrees from Ivy League colleges, I dated guys that just wore Fred Perry's and crossed their arms constantly. Uh-huh. Um, because that, where I'm from, has like left subcultural significance. And... I just think that if you're going to walk around dressed like that, you should expect the attention. I mean, they were kind of asking for it. Yeah, well, going out dressed like that, weren't with their cool undercuts. <laughs> I'm going to go out and fucking just fucking shoot some shoot some loads, bust some ropes all over some prod boys this weekend. <laughs> I just can't resist it. You know yeah. what? I mean, they're they're dressed like sluts. Um, yeah. Well, but they and then I like literally ran into one in my hotel. And I was like, "Oh, hey!" And she turned around. He literally ran to the elevator. So, like I said, this sounds like they're very—they're very disciplined. They like—they know that like they have not gotten a fair shake in the media. Every time they try to explain that they're a fraternal organization dedicated <laughs> to not jacking off, <laughs> <laughs> breakfast cereals, and, laugh uh, at them. and and vener- venerating the housewife, and uh, not and not being racist against white people, like pe- they, they can't people laugh at them. Exactly. They—they so they, they act like it's not. They're serious. not getting a fair shake. Sir, permission to talk to a girl <laughs> permission to nod proud boy level two you do not have the requisite training to talk to the female sex by the it's way it's so strange literally everyone i mean let's be honest i don't look like an alt-right reporter or someone who's sympathetic to that but everyone was willing to talk to me except the proud boys you you, you look like you could be from identity finlandia <laughs> <laughs> uh by the way, I, I remember reading something about like in, in the the Proud Boy uh, rules and regulations in their operating manual. You can jack off once a month, I believe. Well, uh, that's must. at a certain level. At a certain level, you can you can, you can jack off once Only a month. Only when you're an operating thetan. <laughs> yeah. However, you can jack off at any time if it's in front of a woman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Whether that's like because on the subway or bus sex. or anything, that means they just anyone. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. well, that, that counts as sex. Loophole, yeah. The maybe. thing about this particular subculture is that it was formed by Gavin McGinnis saying that, like, you're all, like, you know, castrated. None of you can talk to women. And, like, there is something to that. Like, there's something, like, deeply alienated about these weird young men that, like, look kind of normal like compared to alt-right people like there's no goiters like compared to the guy relatively healthy yeah. young there's men. that one dude who's at all of those things who wears uh he wears p- plastic frame glasses and he has huge thick liver lips and he looks exactly like if pepe was turned into a human being i look like if pepe was turned into a no human th- being. this guy looks exactly i'm like pepe. slightly it's amphibious horrifying. looking that's why i think the alt-right guys <laughs> become very fixated on me online um but because they want to fuck the frog they do want to fuck the frog that's pretty obvious the name's kermit jagger my father's mick jagger and my mother's a frog he fucked a frog <laughs> um But, like, there is some weird anxiety about women that, like, they, that this subculture has clearly not helped them with. And it's because they've turned not getting laid into a literal identity. I mean, like, that is an identity politics now. There's, like, the incel forums. I I I thought, like, like the the Proud Boys, it's it's not, 
they, they, they're not jacking off, but I thought like they, they're all about going out and like hitting on chicks together and like drinking beer. They and, dress like, like and men that hit on chicks, and, like, but and they pick don't. Up women and stuff. No, and, like, no. But the idea is to at some point find a. A, a partner and produce you know more western children but they don't i i don't think the i don't think the polo shirt has helped them so they're this weird kind of like you know alt light blood and soil kind of not racist though uh sort of social club that they feel they haven't gotten a fair shake in the media because of how fucking ridiculous they are just inherently should we be concerned about the proud boys or or is this am, just funny they're literally scared of women so no okay, yeah. like if they become a problem like just send girls over there to, <laughs> and to scare them away yeah. like it, they, they're just it's there's a deeply like sexual pathology about these young seemingly physically normal men I don't know maybe they all have weird dicks or something <laughs> but like there's but nothing like, physically but, but wrong like, with but them the, the sexual anxiety and sexual paranoia under, undergirds so much of this stuff not with like the bikers for Trump or the three percenter people they're right? normal they're normal <laughs> <laughs> oh, they yeah. are they're, they're depressingly fucking normal yeah, they're, I remember they're so regular. I said this before but when I went to the RNC rally the biker for Trump head his speech was talking about how Jay Leno was showing everyone that my motorcycles are actually cool and <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're a criminal to yeah. like motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, if you're like a biker for Trump, like you have a fucking great life, dude. You wake up, you're like in your email group and someone sends you like a picture of like a fat guy in a speedo and you reply with like a great normie joke like uh, you have issues or like uh, thanks for that mental image and it's just like the funniest shit they spend, you've ever seen. They, go, they yeah. go to Outback with their bright orange wives yeah. and have a good time. They fucking they pork their wives. Yeah. yeah, they pork their wives. Their wives have to say five breakfast cereals while they pork them <laughs> to get to wife level three. <laughs> and then they fucking watch TBS and it's like the best shit. They're like, They're oh, I love the new no show. Yeah. yeah, No, absolutely. Their kids, their kids are going to like school, <laughs> like to fucking, they're in a frat to like learn how to look more like a ham by the time they get older. They can talk they have to fucking you. They're great socially lives. competent yeah, racist. They, 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 in D.C., they would like go up and talk to me because they're like, I don't know why they would talk to me. But they would like talk to me a lot. Well, Felix, is what you said like when we were in D.C. It's like they, they, all, have lar- they all have large sons who they think are going to be natural athletes as soon as they start playing football. Yeah, they're like, all right, dude, we've worked on my son a lot. We've been giving him pizza rolls every hour for 19 years. The moment he touches the gridiron, he's going to turn into be unstoppable. Into Richie Incognito, just on virtue of him being fat. And But no, like when we were in D.C., Matt would just walk by them and just be like, fuck you, <laughs> just hiss at them. I didn't yell at it. I was always was, like hissing friend. it. You were hissing it. But, You're like, not always aware of your volume. Yeah. It's very, very normal volume. It's proud boys and there's loud boys. And that's what <laughs> you are. Uh, but I would just go outside and, you know, I was like, well, I was, you know, a Trump delegate. So I wasn't doing that. But <laughs> they would they would talk to me a lot. And it was like. I was just like, wow, yeah, these guys are so fucking regular. They would be like, they would be like, yeah, I own a boating supply store, and it just like, I'm just happy that another businessman is in there. (laughs) Yeah, like like that's literally them. And I think the Proud Boys are all, I don't know, stocking shelves at Costco. No, they're like the the thing is they they do not want to apologize for making the modern world. That's what they they mean by by white people. But I'm just like, well, well, you didn't do anything. (laughs) 
No one's shit. asking you to apologize for creating anything. Yeah, you didn't create shit. shit. No one noticed you until create, you bought that shirt. You can't shirt. even create ropes because you don't jerk off. That, that's, <laughs> a, it, that's such like a childish thing. I didn't even ask to be born. <laughs> I didn't ask to, to do the Gutenberg Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Uh Actually, I mean, this is, this is sort of a digression, but we were talking about uh, uh, Pepe and the alt-right. Uh, the other really funny thing that happened this week, did you see this thing where uh, uh, Matt Fury is uh, suing Baked Alaska for using Pepe on his book cover? Yes. He walked right into a bear trap, a legal and, like, th- bear trap. This is fucking amazing, because like, I-, I love this phenomenon now of these like extremely online guys like venturing, sort of interacting with the world not online for the first time and being <laughs> amazed by like very basic facts of like legal system yeah. in the adult world. It's hilarious. They're, they're, so they're, they're really mad because uh, like Baked Alaska is like, no, I cannot be sued for using Matt Fury's drawing on the cover of my book because he didn't draw it. I had a graphic designer draw, <laughs> just copy it exactly. Yeah. And he th- and I'm just like, dude, just get your graphic designer to say that exact sentence <laughs> on the stand and you'll be fine. Legal, legal <laughs> that's mastery. why my book that had Mickey Mouse on the cover can't be sued by because I didn't it was not drawn by Walt Disney. So I'm set. Yeah. That's um, actually what Mouse was. That's that, that the famous Mickey Mouse precedent. One of the people who Defended him was saying uh, because they pulled it temporarily, I guess, from Amazon now. Well, well, the because there was, a, I guess, there was, a, um, and a, a, a judge did one of those thingies that I can't remember the name of. What do you Cease call and him? desist. No, yeah, something like that. DMCA, uh, I think. Yeah, and somebody said, "Wow, is this gonna is this book gonna get included on in banned books month?" Yes, I don't think so. Hundred <laughs> no, percent. That's what they think banning books is. Yeah, yeah. The Scarlet Letter N. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so 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 baked alaska was like like wow you know getting sued by the creator of pepe what a time we live to be alive or whatever <laughs> and you know my joke about that was like yeah what a time unlike all those other times when you could just blatantly violate copyright laws to sell a shitty book and you know this is a lot of copyright laws is dumb you know yeah. like there's intellectual but property is baffled they are but like by they're baffled by the concept, the concept of it yeah, the concept. and the best response to that was one of one of baked's fans is like Matt Fury killed the Pepe character in his own comic strip. Uh, therefore, it is now public domain. So he's, yeah, I mean, he's making a canon argument. Yes. Yeah. Where's the, Virgil the when you need him? You remember in the first Matrix, the most important movie ever made, where we got the phrase canon from, the Matrix canon. When Neo dies in the hallway the first time before he comes back to life, that's when Neo became fair use. You notice, like, after that, everyone started dressing up like Neo because it was true. cool. Yeah. And it was legal. 100% yeah, legal. There were all those yeah. Neo uh, branded uh, uh, food restaurants and uh, <laughs> good food restaurants. <laughs> well, this is, well, this is good because I want to move from, you know, one fertile crescent of male sexual paranoia into another with our reading series this week. Mr. Get It Wet, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Don't Leave Your Girl Outside, because Mr. Dreher is coming well, down no, actually, to Well, th- this is a double tap reading series. I'm going to get to Dreher in a second, but the, the first one I want to highlight was the one I know a lot of people saw this week. This is... Uh, we're, we're dipping back into the Federalist. Ooh, oh, always yeah. Good. Hell yeah. The, they, federal, the horniest website, the, hor- the, most, the most simultaneously normal and horny website in existence. Hell yeah, dude. They call me Mr. Federalist. They call me <laughs> half a pump. They call, they, call, they call me Mr. Email her for the first time talking about what our kids will be named. <laughs> uh, this was... Um, 
this is a great article they had this week um, by, uh, by by an author <laughs> named again. It just this is like Charles Dickens created the Federalists, <laughs> yeah. and basically all the conservative media in that all of their names just sound like perfectly like the thing they are. Uh, this article is by Jared Labor. <laughs> Jared Labia, uh, J Rod Labor. I mean, that's, there's a lot. There's that's a lot of, not my name, Dad. <laughs> there's a lot. You could do a lot with this name, Jared Labor. Uh, the headline is: Your refusal to date conservatives is one reason we have Donald Trump. Sure. Subhead. Yeah. Okay. Very plausible. Subhead. This is this is literally the proud boy argument: is yeah. that a sexual hierarchy has you know left behind good men. And uh, and it's our fault. It's women's yeah. fault. I'm, I'm sorry, but white men vote Republican whether or not they're getting laid. That's just a fact. Yeah, that is well, also the other thing is that like most normal Republicans do get laid. Yeah. Like yeah. this is just you. Yeah, yeah they crush Boone. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I fucking me me and my boy diabetic Jerry, we fucking laying pipes side by side like Bob Crane and his boy, just fucking <laughs> John Carpenter. Yeah. John Car no, I said Bob Crane. And his boy was John Carpenter. Not was the director. His name oh, was John okay, Carpenter. Okay, okay. It was not the movie director, oh, okay, John yeah. Carpenter. Uh, no, it was John Carpenter. This isn't satire, 100%. Uh, I'm a sexual anarchist, and that means that I think women should fuck me even if I'm wearing basketball shorts. No hierarchy. That's one of the reasons every, we have Donald Trump as president. Every yeah. bright red weirdo in a Speedo who's getting blown at Hedonism 2 votes for Trump. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trump is like the number one candidate for sex nerds because those people would usually vote libertarian. But Trump was like he spoke to them. No. Trump is also a sex nerd. Exactly. He's like a sex nerd who's it, it'd be like a ch kid who was really into Lord of the Rings but who'd only ever seen the Ralph Bashke version on cartoons. He never read the books, so he doesn't really get all of the references, <laughs> yeah. but he's really in interested in it. Trump probably has had his dick rotoscoped. So. <laughs> I don't think Donald Trump has ever like taken his jacket off to have sex. That's absolutely true. He's never been fully nude in the presence yeah. of a woman. So the uh, the subhead for uh, the article here is, OkCupid will let users indicate their support for abortion. This type of assortive mating is one factor that allowed for the rise of a candidate like Donald Trump. What? People saving time? <laughs> assortive mating. Assortive mating is a, is a phrase that comes up again and again. But what I, what I like about, about this piece is that I think it's indicative of a broader trend in the sort of conservative content factories where the setup is just blank is the reason why Donald Trump is president. Mm -hmm. And this is really good for an outlet like the Federalist or the National Review or the Weekly Standard or whatever, because they can distance themselves from the phenomenon of Trump, but essentially blame it on all of their same, you know, the boogeyman that they've all, like, you know, right. it just, any, the blank is always something that is any political belief outside the hard right or any cultural tick that would seem alienating or frightening to Rod Dreher. Yeah. Mm. You know? So uh, Jared writes here, the popular dating website OkCupid announced Wednesday that it would make the online dating scene a little easier for progressives who can't risk interacting with someone with whom they disagree. Imagine the horror. They announced a partnership with Planned Parenthood that allows site users to put a badge on their profile signifying support for the nation's largest abortion provider, much the way Facebook became saturated with similar kinds of profile pictures during the newest disaster. Yeah, except Facebook isn't literally used to get laid. Like, uh, this is literally, I mean, I'm glad we're just all being honest about what OkCupid is now. Yeah, it's a dating. It's a dating app. 
or a sex app. Yes, okay. it's a sex app. It's a sex app. So, like, information about, you know, how do you feel about abortion is, in fact, it's very probably important. the first piece of data that people <laughs> you want, want to some know. some fucking weirdo following you around for months going, that's my seed! <laughs> yeah. You must bear my seed! Yeah, fucking okay. He seemed normal, but yeah. then... <laughs> okay, as soon as he found out I got pregnant, he started speaking in tongues. <laughs> okay, Cupid is like... Fucking seventy five percent disgusting slam poets of just male and female or whatever who want to enter a poly relationship before they like teach a class about writing at the community college. It's seventy five percent of the people and like the twenty five percent who are anti choice, you should weed them out. Yeah. Like they're that's against market efficiency. So what you're saying is is your best bet for OK Cupid is a slam poet slam piece. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, exactly. <laughs> So he goes this on. This why says, I've never done online dating. It sounds disgusting. It's hard. Hot not, in the wild, you animals. It's hard not to see this as a reaction to the rise of President Trump, as Planned Parenthood has long been a political football tossed back and forth between left and right. Although dating sites have never made such an overt venture into politics, but in our well, obviously he doesn't know about Hannah date. Yeah, uh, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in our current bizarre world of politics, this represents a widening chasm between those who are most politically active, causing people to see an opposing viewpoint as an all-out assault on their personhood. The irony is that this type of assortive mating OkCupid okay, is encouraging is one factor that allowed for the rise of a candidate like Trump. Yeah, literally no one has ever, like, before having sex with someone... Been like, hmm, maybe I should see if this person is a psychopath or not. Not until the internet. <laughs> the Before women were just like, you know, whatever. He has a cabin, he has a manifesto, but he's got a really great jawline. Sort of mating is when someone partners and starts a family with someone of a similar background. I'm glad that they have an actual, like, phrase to, uh, like, a sort of sociological, like, data set phrase to basically describe the most common phenomenon in human <laughs> relationships in human romantic relationships and yeah. long-term partnership basically it's, any having <laughs> any kind of discrimination <laughs> yeah. at all uh, he goes it can be based on innate characteristics such as race and ethnicity or socioeconomic backgrounds people have always engaged in a sort of mating of some kind or another but as social scientist charles murray ding ding yeah. ding Woo! Yo, yo, those panties are dropping right now. (laughs) 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 Explains in his book, Coming Apart, The State of White America, 1962 to 2010, there was a shift in a particular type of mating in the 60s, which continues to the present day. Uh, Real quick, it's actually, uh, sorry, never mind. I was actually just going to make a coming joke, but... I was like, nah, I, that's I'm not coming that apart at the gym. I'm coming apart at <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the Heritage Foundation. I'm coming apart at the campus. I feel like we've made enough ejaculation yeah. jokes that I was just like, you know what? Hold back. What if you had a grinder, but for only people who had the right opinion about Syria, and it was called Bathhouse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Jared Jared Labor goes on to uh, basically Jared Labor j- just uh, <laughs> Labor <laughs> Jared Labor. <laughs> he goes on to just basically restate Charles Murray's thesis about how there's like a cognitive upper class and cognitive lower class. I don't know. It just he's describing edu- college educated and non college educated white people and the fact that you know if women nowadays 
don't have the opportunity to work as a secretary for a rich man, how are they going to marry him and get out of poverty? <laughs> yeah. That's called mm. class mobility. That's, right. we're, that's what we're losing I'm now. still not getting how that makes Trump happen, though. Well, what, okay, he, I mean, I'm not going to read all of this, but he goes on to just, like, say that, you know, we're just becoming more politically polarized because of assertive mating. He says, assertive mating serves to intensify political polarization. It amplifies an already significant in-group, out-group mentality around contentious social issues. And this leads to more intense political tribalism, which leads to a candidate like Trump who can exploit even uh, that this you know, so is divide the argument in our that we should all just have these creepy James Carville marriages? Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, well, are you saying that like if so, if more GOP primary voters had fucked girls who went to Sarah uh, Lawrence? Yeah, exactly. They they would have voted for Marco Rubio or something. I, I okay. He he never actually never actually gets prescriptive. He just describes it and he goes. He says, in a less polarized environment, that shtick might be seen for the nonsense that it is. Or he says, uh, he, he's like talking about this idea that the the system, believing that the system is totally rigged against you. And he says, in a polarized world, people wouldn't believe, a less polarized world, people wouldn't believe that. But he says, in a world of ignorant voters and social stratifications, in which progressives who live in wealthy zip codes and small town conservatives share a mutual disdain for one another, you get stratification that populist blowhards can exploit. Humans naturally form groups, but when rampant partisanship is the foundation upon which the group lies, extreme politicians are most likely to win their sympathy. So segregating by race, good. Segregating by politics, bad. bad. Yeah. Well, the degree to which it, it uh, separates white people from the positive influence of wealthier white people who would keep them from acting like black people. At least that's how Murray puts it. The, he closes out by saying, if a progressive doesn't want to date a conservative and vice versa, that's perfectly fine. So, again, essentially your piece is pointless. But um, everyone has deal breakers. But as a political protest, this form of virtue signaling is, oh, counter virtue signaling. Counterproductive, <laughs> is counterproductive in the long run. So, again, I, I really like... How is it virtue signaling to not want to sit across the table and have a dinner with some fucking chud? Okay, but the, okay. I mean, the extension that, of that... Tell you a bunch of bullshit that you but hear that, enough that's on That's for relationships. What about, just for, what about just for hooking up? Well, it's virtue signaling when women don't come. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. But you're virtue, you're just you're virtue about, signaling. A very come heavy episode. If you're just fucking, then what difference does any of it make? It's what not going to have. A, it's not. I mean, it fucking. does for women though, because right. if you get pregnant, yeah, that, yeah, that, and that's the person why, is exactly. a psychopath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's why that 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 should be probably. And once again, addressed. once again, all of this stratification is the result of these social decisions, and not just a massive relocation of fucking uh, wealth to the top. That's happened over the last 40 But years. I just think, I, I mean, I think it's telling that, that an editor or anyone at the Federalist didn't push Jared to make a more specific point about, because he, he undermines his entire thesis at the end by going, well, people always have preferences and everyone has a deal breaker and that's fine. But like, I think he should propose sort <laughs> no of more fatties, of like, let's not go crazy. Like, I think he should propose sort of a, I don't know, like a hearts and minds or sort of au pair program in, or sort of cross polit political dating and people come out of their sort of political shells and sort of open up their mind and legs to uh, different points of view. That whole article is just that fucking... He's, he's basically saying chicks that I go to insufferable Georgetown happy hours with... I'm, I'm getting nothing. Yeah, that's, I'm getting, that's I'm getting, what that, I'm going nowhere. That's all that is. Um, <clears throat> well... All the, all the, all the, all the, I mean, this is all the harder to take because according to Rod Dreher in part two of this week's reading series... 
Headline. Mr. Perfect. Headline. Liberal women are lustier. Oh, I hope this is some fucking shoe leather reporting. And uh, he has a the, the, the headline, the banner image for this article is like a a woman sort of peeking behind the shoulder of a guy winking and looking very sort of like come hither glance. However, the caption underneath the photo says, photo changed because some of y'all said the previous one was too damn hot. <laughs> <laughs> so Rod got his fans a little Wait, too riled up. Do we have? Yes, the original okay. photo. The original photo is a woman, a, a brunette woman, like pushing up cleavage and like biting her lip. <laughs> it's 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 this. You know that thing oh, that, that oh, thing oh, that women oh. do. It's just like it's it's from uh, it's it's a Shutterstock. Image. You guys, I gotta go. He searched for like <laughs> I have to go for he's, he's, five minutes. He searched for. Sec- I'll be back in exactly five minutes. <laughs> Sexy woman on Timey. on Shutterstock. R- Rod Dreher's readers keep fully charged uh, tablets filled with suggestive Getty images in a pile <laughs> in the woods. And whenever, guys, yeah. we gotta wait. My eyes bulged out of my head so far <laughs> that the stalks wrapped around each other and then the eyeballs hit and exploded. <laughs> hey, Tangle. Hey, hey guys, it's uh, Rod here. Just, you know, I hate doing these, but another one of our commenters passed away last night. He saw a pile of dynamite uh, with a wig and a red dress on it <laughs> and uh, went over there and tried to fuck it because that's just what a woman looks like. And he exploded and unfortunately exploded into blackface in the fashion of those cartoons. So we're going to be doing a fundraiser. They're trying to get him... Uh, they're trying to take away his uh, posthumous pension for being racist, but really it was just the dynamite. Every one of his readers has beat off to the sexy Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> the actual Rod post itself is fairly dry. What he's doing is just restating the uh, research presented in a new and unsettling book called Cheap Sex by Mark uh, Reg- Regneris, who, if you're brain damaged like I am, you may remember as a guy who was in vogue on the sort of academic right uh, several years ago because he had a, a, a book or a study that seemed to use data and sociological research to prove that the children of gay parents uh, suffer terribly because of it, which was, of course, instantly exposed as absolute hokum on even a cursory glance. They were like... You know, they like he. He was like he. Instead of using gay parents, I think he used a data set that included any man that's ever had a gay experience, including ones married to women who are like you know felons or whatever. And then used the data about how badly their kids turned out to like throw off the average caused by like you know the people adopted by like I don't know two college professors or whatever. So this guy's an absolute bullshit artist, and he has a new book out about cheap sex, which is about changing practices of mating and marriage, and about, you know... I just really think it's very, like, cool and sexy and romantic that they call it mating. Yeah. That's great. Just keep keep making it it sound real appealing. I love mating with you, gangster. (laughs) Oh, further our species, Loke. And it's basically about how, uh, you know... Uh, harlotry is on the rise and they're very concerned about it and apparently yeah (laughs) apparently you know liberal women you know think about sex more often and they say they want to have sex more often than conservative women which is like I just dropped both of the monocles out of my eyes I mean I'm making fun of this but like I really think any study that purports to show that like one political affiliation is hornier or gets laid more than the other is absolute bullshit it's all bullshit like like, like conservatives are horny as hell as we've 
expel as many times, but they also get laid just as much as anyone else do. They have just as much problems with the opposite sex or the person they're attracted to as anyone else. This is a universal Women human foible and condition. Women are succubuses to everyone. They're taking <laughs> everyone's life force. They're destroying men in court in HR departments. It's committing crime. This is a bipartisan issue. Actually, the plural issue. is succubi. The, you just saw it. Yeah. You just fucking yeah. saw it. <laughs> yep. See what they do. Just uh, in a social situation. Regnerus says in his book, in a world increasingly bereft of transcendence, sexual expression <laughs> is emerging as an intrinsic value. I've read this. It's like his thesis is that like an increasingly secular world, people use sex to give the feeling of sacred and transcendent that religion and just, you know, sort of praying 30 times a day did for people in colonial times or something. Do you think yeah, they, libs they are all, all having like weird sting tantra sex or something? Is that the... Argument? I don't know. I, I think they also think that when they would, back then when they would pray, they just came like geysers. Just, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just spraying, <laughs> yeah. knock, knocking over the miters. There's so much come in yeah. this episode. No one would. No one was circumcised back then, and it's like if you were just above peasant, you put on like a silk garment for the first time. It would be like that special strip club underwear that lets you bust without a touch, <laughs> like just fucking constantly. Uh, liquid lap dance, they're called. Yeah, like the, that's probably why Columbus's ships made it over. Just the hull was petrified in sailor cum. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is literally, I think, the worst I've ever done on an episode, and I don't feel bad about it. I feel like it's it's being held together by a by mortar cum. of cum. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so like I said, the, Rod's actual article is fairly dry. However, the comment <laughs> section... Dry, he's a dry boy. It, yeah, the comment section Oof, is a joy. Wet. Is a joy. Wet. I want to highlight a couple from Rod's readers now. Uh, first one, uh, Justin says... I would add from my regrettable personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> Always a great way to start. Please do. Uh, letter, letter sent from my crawl space iPad. Uh, I would add, letter I, sent from the emergency room while they try to take the knot out of my dick. I would add from my regrettable personal experience that liberal women seem to enjoy sex less. Including reaching <laughs> with me. That's what that means. It, it's, it's like never liberal. any awareness. It's like ah, this woman didn't come clearly because of her preference for progressive taxation. Liberal women have this unrealistic idea about dicks that they're not supposed to be the exact dimension and temperature of a tuna can. <laughs> This fucking insane shit they got from movies like the you know they got a cultural Marxism yeah so he goes uh, <laughs> regrettable personal experience that liberal women <laughs> seem to enjoy sex less and then in parentheses it says including reaching the fulfillment of the sex act less uh, coming coming yeah having okay. having an orgasm uh, if a, someone said to me have you fulfilled the sex act I'd never come again <laughs> so dude, congratulations we, dude if you tell a woman if, that's what you say before you drink Kool Aid with all of your friends. Okay, they reach the fulfillment less because when they have sex, it's because of the same lack of perceived transcendent value in it. They, when having sex with me, they don't perceive a transcendent value in it. Uh, they try to remove their emotion from it because experience has taught them that it is psychologically devastating to have one's heart perceive any deeper connection or meaning in sex. After all, the relationship facilitating the sex act will end in a few months, years, or too often the next morning. That being said, they seem much more interested in the superficiality of sex and pursue that for thrills, however elusive the thrills are and unsustainable it may be, to center one's sexuality around them. 
He literally just said the problem with liberal women is that they enjoy sex too much, but not with me. Mm-hmm. And that they won't like that they won't marry me immediately after. That's like that yeah, it turns out thing. that uh, that's when someone proposes inside of you, <laughs> <laughs> it, it tends to not lead to a fulfillment of the sex act. They, they call me Mr. Fall asleep right inside of her, wake up with a ring. <laughs> In my experience, liberal sex is incredibly boring compared to meaningful, committed sex. Also, no judgment, but that pick is a bit much. In my, in my honest opinion, Rod, <laughs> though some other person, maybe my comment, though to some other person, maybe my comment was too. So that's uh, Justin uh, checking in. I know, you, I got too horny during Justin's <laughs> comment. Justin wrote that with his boner. <laughs> so uh, this next one here comes courtesy of uh, Joan from Michigan. So we're going to hear we're gonna hear both sides. Yeah, well, again. that's good. I'd like, plus, to uh, I'd like to hear from a woman. Me, me my liberal up pair, my conservative husband, plus me, Joan from so Michigan. So she goes... Since we're playing Explain This Finding, I've got an entry. I suggest that maybe it's about childhood experience. Specifically, I'm going to argue that growing up in a dysfunctional family predisposes people to apostasy, liberalism. Apostasy? Yeah. Did I mispronounce that? No, no. That's how you say it. I'm just saying, like, that's a weird leap. Growing up in a dysfunctional family predisposes people to apostasy, liberalism, and disappointing sex lives. Yeah, dude, ever since me and my dad didn't get along, I started worshipping a golden calf. (laughs) Here's the logic. Here's the logic. See if you can follow. The defining characteristics of dysfunctional... I feel like this is like a Dear Pretty segment because it's one of these things where it's just like these comments tell you, give you such a view of these people's own family life and just sort of emotional inner lives. But he what goes, they reveal with their observations. Yeah. Is the true. defining characteristic of dysfunctional families is that they are closed off to the outside world. No. How, not at all. How many of you think that that's, that is that's the defining not, characteristic that's not defining of dysfunctional of families? That's insane. I, no. How many of those fucking quiverful weirdos never interact with anyone outside of their homeschooled compound? Yeah. And they wouldn't yeah. call that dysfunctional. Here we go. Insularity is a Here pretty, we go. Yeah. Here is here is the money, here is the money graph. The money shot, if you will. <laughs> so Come. uh he says uh, the defining is that they are closed off to the outside world. Total bosh. Total I, bullshit. Either they never have guests or guests only enter one carefully maintained visiting parlor and are never invited into the part of the home where the family actually lives. What? Is you know, this person does this person was this person raised by Ed Gein's mother? What is this? Yeah. They all, dysfunctional families will only have guests in a carefully and manicured they, visiting they parlor. They tend to have one room that's been boarded up and filled with nipple belts and lampshades made out of human skin. You know, dysfunctional families are always like, you know, hey, if I kill you, you're going to be my slave in the afterlife. This is like a weird Midwestern kind of Philip Roth complaint. Yeah. Like, yeah. like my mother used to put plastic on the furnitures in the living room and now I can't have a meaningful relationship. Now I have a disappointing sex life. Yeah. So he goes, um, often, this is because the parents have shameful secrets. Whoa. Naturally. Whoa. Such wow. Ba- nat- Joan. Joan. What's going on, Joan? Naturally, such parents are not good role models for religious faith. 
Even if they drag the kids to Sunday worship every week, the kids are unlikely to stay in the faith after they leave home. Unless the dysfunction reaches criminal levels, in which case there may be a boomerang effect where kids glom onto church just to have some sanity in their lives, but those are actually relatively few. I'm talking here about typical middle-class lives of quiet desperation. Typical middle-class middle desperation. Living people. in a haunted mansion. <laughs> with shameful secrets. Living in a VC Andrews novel, <laughs> typical middle, middle America. You know, like you know, like you know, maybe your your mom she wanted a, a son instead, and so as a result, you date a vampire. <laughs> you you Joan from run Michigan. a motel with your mother. Yeah. you are at the front desk. She's in the basement. You know, it's not weird. Typical middle class lives that exist in a Shirley Jackson story. <laughs> Uh, dysfunctional families can also leave kids kind of stunted in the social skills department. They have a harder time getting laid because they don't know how flirting works and they're too and or they're too socially anxious to approach potential partners. Finally, coming from a dysfunctional family can leave a young person disillusioned with family altogether. In my youth, I held a very strong belief in the right of anybody to leave at any time as the only thing that could curtail domestic abuse. <laughs> This meant that there had to be a welfare state so that exercising one's rights... Yeah, don't one, bang one, Denmark. Yeah. yeah, that this meant that there had to be a welfare state so that exercising one's right to leave did not lead to destitution. All the individualism of consent culture flows from that. That's the end of the comment where Joan from Michigan says... When I was young and stupid, I believed uh, women had the right to leave abusive relationships and not be left destitute because of it. Instead, they should just be n n uh, nailed up in the attic <laughs> like every other good old middle American family. Uh, DM me. One, one, on? A couple more. Just a few, a few more quick hits. We, we can keep or cut this. I don't know. John, John Gruskos says, <laughs> quote, very conservative women wisely married young. So they get as much as they want. Their husbands <laughs> as remember much D? as much D as they want because they wisely married young and they're getting as much D as they want. Right. It's it. actually really hard to get D when you're not married. It's true. It's, I, you well, know, and marrying young, no, 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 as, we, as we know from reams of research, is always the smart choice. I just wander the streets. There are no men anywhere. <laughs> yeah, but no, no. If you're unmarried, you have to basically wait until like a guy with a podcast likes an Instagram from three weeks ago. Is <laughs> this the last one that had your face in it to like indicate that he's ready to mate? And that <laughs> takes about like between he can only do that every four months. This is the normal male sexual drive. Felix is actually half Vulcan. <laughs> uh, so so w smart conservative women will marry young and as such, will get as much as they want. Their husbands remember how beautiful and young and innocent they were the night they were married. Oh, and, and that God. memory, and that memory oh, will keep their husbands turned on, oh. even when the very conservative women are old and wrinkly. Yeah, dude, I just. <laughs> Oh fuck! I'm using this old wrinkled bag like a fucking flashlight, imagining her when she was my child crying. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, dude, this is fucking James Woods in Casino talking about when he saw her oh, when she yeah, was yeah. like, tw oh, oh, this fuck. is the most nightmarish can you feel fucking me? thing. Rod, Rod, can you feel me in your heart? Can you feel I'm me in the pit of your stomach, stomach Rod? 
I told you not to talk to him anymore. He imagines things about bathrooms. He's bad news for you. So this th- sounds that's like a very conservative woman. Yeah, that the very like liberal would, woman, on the other hand, only wasted their brief, beautiful years as corporate slaves and activist, useful idiots, and long ago threw away every shred of innocence. Now no one wants them. If I. I will not fuck a woman who's been to a protest. Their <laughs> pussy's worn out. Like, if you march, just fucking loosens your pussy we've right up. Too, you, we've had too many signs up there. That's yeah. where we store the signs. Yeah. Yeah. Have, a man can only have sex with a woman over the age of 30 if he can close his eyes and imagine her nude at 17. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, unless you, unless, if you're a liberal woman, keep a little locket with a picture of yourself like the moment you had your quinceanera or equivalent <laughs> celebration. Or else, like, this isn't going to work. Unless I can look at that while I give you, you know, three minutes of extremely medium pumps. Like, we're not going to get married immediately after. I I can't imagine how hot the sex is where he's just, like, bearing down on top of hers with his eyes screwed shut and just beads of sweat shooting off of his forehead, imagining that younger version of Uh, you. Can we put your your, uh, sophomore year yearbook on the nightstand? No reason (laughs) why. No reason why. Can you wear a sports bra? Those are a little big. Uh, I just thought you would look really good in scrunchie. I'm, I'm for some reason I'm imagining Andy Daly from the first season of Eastbound and Down, where he's like, he's like just a little bit more, yep. and we're done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, last one, last one. This is from GK. I'm, I assume Chesterton uh, <laughs> says uh, this is simply because liberal women get less sex. They are typically of the feminist nerd or cat lady variety. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they haven't heard about epic nerd sex where my wife wears Cthulhu underwear. <laughs> and I go, me thinks a kraken lurks between these ladies. Yeah, my lady. <laughs> me and my wife love getting down with the nerd sex. Her, her and her fucking, her and her sort of like dark or like velvet cake colored hair you know like because we also love red velvet cake it's the only fucking cake we know because we're <laughs> fucking shitheads who learned how to cook from Imgur because we have no skills and we're fucking dumbasses this is and a new a fucking thing shit that Felix kid is mad about we fucking they're probably rockabilly dress up they're... like Wonder Woman and yeah her hair is that color and she has like the thick glasses and I just like pretend to be all the famous monsters from Firefly while I'm just fucking <laughs> chowing down on her fucking Annoying pussy. off her bacon bikini top. Yeah, we, she was wearing a fucking like red vine thing that we shaped like fucking Joss Whedon to the Women's March, and she had a sign that said, uh, science isn't an alternative fact, and I had to just take her into a uh, porta potty stall and just fucking, you know, get my, uh, get my macros of sugar for the day, if you feel me. <laughs> okay, so we've established that nerds definitely have sex. They have sex. They have yeah. so the worst much way. gross sex Ugh. So none of us ever uh, want to see. Uh, so if, definitely if, if, one of these, if one of these feminist nerds or cat ladies, if they do land a man, he is typically a beta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fucking beta, in dude. My I'm a moderator on Imgur. In my experience... Conservative women are more attractive and motherly, and thus attract more alpha type men that are more satisfying to them. Yeah, alpha men. DJ, run that back. That's that. Women, the the conservative women tend to remind me more of mother, and as such, are more attractive to an alpha like me. How am I supposed to? How am I supposed to get hard to a woman who doesn't make me remember my mom standing over a stove with a a bunch of cookies out of the oven? Yeah, and nothing else. Unless you, unless, unless you put a fucking Power Rangers band aid on my elbow. You're not getting this conservative dick. This alpha D. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm 
me compared to any liberal man, the alpha, the man who constantly comments on Rod Dreher's blog, which is just about imagined bathroom terror. <laughs> so oh, you guys, wow. You think, you think that lady's hot? I can't imagine her changing my diaper. and finally gk says and even if a liberal type woman can find herself a man who satisfies her as soon as she gets married she becomes more conservative so it's just sort of like (laughs) so if she's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. if she's having sex she is conservative regardless by definition definition. yeah yeah Yeah. it's the one true scotsman kind of but for boning uh, again it's a theme we come back to over and over again rod and his readers extremely normal just very normal guys very normal men guys vibrating with red-blooded normal american just in front of the the computer screen vibrating with repressed sexuality every rod wakes up in the morning he's like picture of mom on the yeah picture of mom like desktop yeah desktop but her mom's head is like superimposed over like uh kathy ireland's body yeah (laughs) picture of mom taxidermy of mom (laughs) rod dude rod just wakes up in the morning and he's like readers we feel a normal they're like yes sir rod by the way uh you used a font that made the uh the letter o look too much like a tit and uh you owe me a new keyboard yeah (laughs) just fucking busted all over that's what that means usually when you see that on the internet you you owe me a new keyboard it means that they they're implying that they spewed water out of their mouth their nose because laughing when they say it to rod it means they nutted all over the keyboard yeah yeah rod rod that V was very suggestive. Take that out of there. <laughs> I love Rod probably gets a billion emails like that a day. Where, Rod, you said social cleavage, and I just jacked off at work, <laughs> and I'm fired now. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, he definitely gets, like, daily handwritten letters from Norman Bates types. <laughs> yeah, Rod gets, Rod's messages are sent to him by Raven. Yeah. Of just people who got too horny reading him or looking at stock images. Rod, you used you used clip art that implied that the clip art couple has had sex before. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please stop? Please no no more no more clips from the Lockharts in your columns. <laughs> <laughs> Lockhart is just too fucking sexy for me in her support hose. Rod, when uh the daughter in Family Circus said Pischetti instead of spaghetti, <laughs> it, it made me feel things that were unchristian. Rod, they were not they were they they made me feel things that were transcendent in a way that wasn't religious. Rod, in the the moment I looked into funky Winker Bean's eyes, I just fucking <laughs> busted a wad straight over my computer. And because I haven't ejaculated in 35 years, it was just sort of like a like dr- like sort of uh when you get a wad of silly string and just throw it at something. That's a good place to end this yeah. episode with more 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 cum It begins humor. and it ends yeah. At, with cum, just like, like life, life. just yeah, like life. Yeah, you, when go. you end, you just fucking nut yeah. all over your family. <laughs> I, I really looking forward to that final nut. Yeah, it's gonna be good. All right, guys. Till next week. Till Bye-bye. next time. Bye. Nut, nut, Bye, peace. Everybody. Nut, Fidelis. <laughs> Semper nut. <laughs> Semper.